I want to start by talking about the joy of Christmas. Uh, oftentimes it comes to Christmas and some really good things happen. Uh, who's got family traditions? Anyone got some family traditions around Christmas? Uh, you know, one of our family traditions is we have what's called the mouse calendar. You're like, what the heck is a mouse calendar? Well, it's, it's kind of like a version of an advent calendar. Uh, it, you know, it's basically, it sits on the wall, it's got little pockets, and there's this little mouse that you move from one to two to three to four to five to whatever it is. And so every morning when we get up, you know, we get Toby, and Toby comes in, and we go over, and Toby gets to move the mouse. And it's really exciting, and it's really joyful, and he always looks forward to moving the mouse. He tries to move it to like, you know, 12, 10, 5, 9, 6, and we have to tell him which one to put it in. But this is one of the little things as we help him learn to count down to Christmas. Uh, yesterday, we put up some token lights around the house outside. Uh, we had some grand ideas of things and then worked out the whole power situation. And so we've sort of got some connected in the garage and some in an outdoor PowerPoint that's set up for that purpose. And we've got some solar ones. And I wonder what your family traditions are. Setting up the Christmas tree, hopefully not before December 1st. No, some of you do. It's all right. Uh, different things that are going on. Now, what about when you're going shopping and you just find the perfect present. Like you're going along and you, you know that, that one that never happens, but when you actually it happens and you're looking there, you know, that's what I've been looking for. Oh, my spouse will love this. My friend will love this. My, my friends at school, they'll really enjoy this. This is like perfect. And you find the Christmas present that you've been looking for and the joy that comes from discovering that. Maybe for some of you, Christmas is a time when you get to see your love friends and family, where maybe some friends and family who live at a distance, they might come home for Christmas or they might come and see you and you get to experience the joy of family at Christmas. Unfortunately, Christmas isn't always joyful. And for some, those examples that we just gave are actually connected to times of pain, times of loss of difficulty. Sometimes Christmas reminds us of things that we don't want to be reminded of. Uh, Christmas can be financially draining, yes? Yeah, yeah. We get to Christmas and go, yes, I got the perfect gift. Oh no, it's $500. And you've got to get all these gifts for the friends and family and then you've got secret Santas at work and you've got different things and you know, like class parties and, and different things like that. Christmas can be financially draining. Uh, it can be stressful. Uh, if you look at your calendar in December, you might cry. Uh, every person, seems, you know, every church has got carols and every workplace has got end of year parties and Christmas parties and all kinds of other things. There, there are more events that you could possibly dream of. And you've got to try and get to these places and do these things and it is incredibly stressful. It's sort of connected to the first one, but not necessarily. It's, it can be over-commercialized. There are so many things, and it's all about sales and selling and all those different things that are going on, uh, and it's really quite commercialized in this time. And then the last one, which is kind of along the lines of what we're going to be looking at today. Family conflict comes out at Christmas. Those people that you don't see the rest of the year, well, sometimes there's a reason for that. And sometimes you're okay with that. Sometimes things come up at Christmas time and, and emotions are, are, are tight. Or again, you come to Christmas and you have to go and see that person that you could really do with not seeing. 
and there's conflict in a time that is meant to be filled with joy. Uh, we're in part two. Don't worry, you didn't miss part one. Well, actually, everybody missed part one. Uh, we weren't able to do the church service last week, so you missed part one. We are in part two of a series called Missing Peace. Uh, it's put together by a group called Crossover, so they provide the basic framework, uh, and then I've been able to take it from there and, and really put it towards what would work for us as a church. And So this week in particular... We're looking at what does the Christian story, and in particular, I guess, what does the Christmas story offer in the space of relational peace, of actually discovering that there is hope for relationships, that the Bible does have something to say about how we can have peace in our relationships with other people. Uh, it might be different kinds of peace and different levels of peace, but it does speak to this. And so what I want us to dig into, and for some of you, you're going to sort of sit back in your chair and go, oh no, I'm not, I'm not ready for this. Well, just, just bear with me. In fact, I almost encourage you to push into the tensions that you feel. Because we're going to be looking at what does Christmas teach us about forgiveness? And for some of you, you immediately have a name of a person that comes to mind that you're like, okay, come with me all the way through to the end, my hope is that you'll come out with some hope and some ways forward around this. I want to start with talking about the culture. Now, the culture that we're in and the view that our culture generally has around forgiveness. Our culture is not anti-forgiveness. It recognises that there's a place for forgiveness and, and forgiveness is certainly helpful. Uh, carrying things to the bitter end rarely leads to goodness for anyone. But there's definitely a sense that forgiveness must be earned. That if someone does something to demonstrate that they're willing and ready to be forgiven, well, they should be forgiven. But until that point, they shouldn't be forgiven. There's no forgiveness without actually earning that. And that's all well and good until you've got your, you're, you're the person who actually would be seeking, would be wanting, or you know, requires forgiveness. Oh, I'm not going to work to earn their forgiveness. They should just forgive me. And it's one of those back and forwards that we don't quite see. And so what does the Bible tell us? What do we see around this? Uh, in Matthew, the, the key verse that we're going to be looking at today, and it's only a couple of verses this week, uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 to 15. Uh, it's a little confrontational. It's a little bit like... I don't know that I sit comfortably with this. And sometimes when you read the Bible and you find something that doesn't sit comfortably, that's actually a sign to say, I really should press in here and really listen to what is it that the Bible is actually saying and why is it saying it this way? So Matthew 6, verse 14, 15 says this, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Now, the context of this verse uh, is actually the Lord's Prayer. That's directly before these two verses. Uh, if you grew up going to a, to a school that said the Lord's Prayer or any of those cases, you know, you're, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, so on and so forth. That's directly before this passage. And then Jesus goes on to actually express something around the concept of forgiveness. And he actually, he says it here, that if you are willing to forgive others, the second that you're willing to forgive them, you, you, you will be forgiven. 
But if you will withhold forgiveness from others, potentially perhaps looking at the way it's there, God might withhold forgiveness from you. And that feels uncomfortable. It's like, what? Hang on. Didn't Jesus just die so that my sins can be forgiven? And But now you're saying there's actually some connection to like my willingness to forgive? But what about... But hang on. But this person, you don't know what they did. You don't know what was going on. Our forgiveness is tied to our willingness to forgive. But bear with before you start going too far, because keeping in mind, there's a couple of key things that that we have to have an awareness around. Firstly, we can only be responsible for our part. There is a very distinct difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. You are in control of whether you forgive someone. You cannot make them accept your forgiveness. You cannot make them respond to your forgiveness. The other side of the coin, whether or not there's any chance of a reconciliation between two parties that might have had sin between them, you can only control the part of forgiving them. Reconciliation is actually a whole other side of things. And also, forgiveness doesn't replace justice. There may be actions or consequences which follow. You might be willing to forgive them, but that doesn't mean that there isn't actually justice. That doesn't mean that there aren't uh, situations where you would follow through and justice would actually be done. Even when there's reconciliation, even when there's issues where someone might be forgiven and there might be reconciliation, Justice is still an important aspect of the Christian story around forgiveness. But the reality is is that Jesus teaches and the Bible teaches that it wasn't because we asked God to forgive us that Jesus died on the cross. The order of things was incredibly important. that, That actually before any of us existed, before any of us were even born, before any of us needed forgiveness, Jesus died on the cross to make a way for us to receive forgiveness. Forgiveness is there on offer for anyone. Not because you earned it, not because you deserve it, because none of us deserve it. But actually because Jesus offers it for us. But we have to choose. We have to choose to be reconciled to God. We have to choose to receive his grace and his forgiveness. We have to choose to to start to live in the reality of that forgiveness. And so actually, part of the good news of the Bible, and for some it's one of the uncomfortable bits of the good news, part of the good news of the Bible is actually that the Bible, or God doesn't agree with the culture's view that you actually have to earn forgiveness. That forgiveness is offered freely and broadly and widely. Reconciliation is a choice. Stepping into and receiving that forgiveness is a choice. 
But actually, Christ forgave us even though we did not deserve it, even though we had not earned it. We choose to step into reconciliation and salvation. Now, PeaceWise, it's an organisation that, that goes through and sort of helps with conflict. They can come in and they can help people work that out and they can help organisations to have a really good culture and systems in place. Uh, they actually have a two-step process. It's, it's really quite straightforward. It's based on the big, biblical principle that we saw there in, in Matthew that actually the step of forgiveness actually happens not because the other party has earned it, but actually because it's just part of following Jesus. Part of recognising just what he's done for us means that we have a long wrestle, and for some it's a long wrestle, it's not just a straightforward, all right, I'm ready, a long wrestle around the topic of forgiveness. But the first step in the piecewise process for forgiveness is decide, so actually decide to extend mercy while recognising that this mercy is undeserved. The message of the cross is that Jesus died on the cross not because we deserved forgiveness, not because we deserved that, but because God's love was so great that he did what was required to make reconciliation possible. So decide, decide to offer mercy and recognize, yes, you are actually offering, reaching out, making it possible for forgiveness to be offered when it is undeserved. It's part of what makes forgiveness special is that it isn't actually about it being deserved. And then the second one is this. Take an action. Take an action to show mercy, whether or not the person responds well to these actions, or whether or not you know the person will respond well to these actions. You work out what you're comfortable with, and I'm not suggesting you go from like crawling to sprinting day one. You work out what's, what's a little step. What's a little step that you could take that is offering an maybe an olive branch or, or offering something from your side. And it's not about whether or not they'll actually accept it or receive it. It's actually about you in the process of learning to be able to forgive irrespective of the other party, irrespective of whether or not they will actually receive it. It actually is an important aspect of following Jesus, learning to be a person whose character is one of forgiveness. Again, justice is still there, and reconciliation is not guaranteed. So they also offer, peace with offers four personal statements. So some truths that you can speak to yourself, some, some things that you can say and, and hold to that help you through this process. You say them and sometimes it might take 10 times to actually have it happen like the first one. Uh, the first one is, I will not dwell on this incident. One of the things that happens when someone sins against us or when someone hurts us or, or does things to us is, you, you know, you tell yourself that story and you get it on loop and it goes around and around and around and around and around. And so actually learning to be able to stop and say, 
I will not dwell on this incident. I'm not going to just keep letting the loop run. This incident is not going to control me. Here's one that often happens at Christmas time. I will not bring up the incident and use it against the person. You know that story that comes back up every year where you remind the other person of just how terrible they are and all the things they did to you when you were a kid? All those stories of when the, you know, your older brother or older sister did things. It's like, no, no. Okay, I will not bring up the incident and use it against the person. That can be hard. But it's part of the process of forgiveness. Number three. I will not talk to others about this incident. Gee, it can be cathartic, can't it? When you've got that thing that you're just like, oh, I'm just going to... This doesn't mean you can... You know, I, I'm going to go against this. Again, these were directly from Peace Wives. I have a little conflict in my own mind for this because I don't want it ever to sound like victims can't actually talk about issues. So this is not I will talk to no one. This is not I won't go and see a counsellor. This is not I won't talk to my best friend because I actually need someone to talk. This is I'm not just going to go around and talk to everyone about this. This is not I'm going to use this as a way of kind of to bad mouth or to bring up things to another person. I'm not going to go and gossip using this incident. There's a difference between sharing with people because you're actually trying to find healing and sharing with people because you're trying to make that story known. And so that, that's the little nuance that I would put, talk to this. You're not going to just find ways to, you know when you find ways to weave it into the story? Like it doesn't fit the conversation at all, but you desperately want to tell someone this thing and you find ways to share it. But that's what this is talking to. And I will not allow this incident to stand between us or hinder our relationship. I will not allow this incident to stand between us hinder our relationship uh, here's one of the rubs and putting this message together this week i was like i really wish i got to preach last week's message last week's message was, was a lot more just light and fluffy and talking about global peace and and really straightforward and this is one that actually speaks to the heart of the gospel but in a way that doesn't sit comfortably in our culture jesus died on the cross not because we deserve forgiveness he did it even though we didn't. And part of the model of actually following Jesus and, and learning the way and the rhythm of Jesus is to follow the same process. That his forgiveness of others, he didn't wait until they deserved it and then died on the cross. He did everything that was possible for reconciliation. He, he put everything in place so that it is there ready for us to choose. Now, it still needs to be chosen. And in the case of the people that you might need to forgive, you can't make them receive that. You can't make them change their ways. You're not to become a doormat. This is not just something, oh, yeah, I'll accept your forgiveness so I can start doing, you know, hurting you again. That's not what this is saying. Reconciliation actually requires change. Uh, forgiveness, when a, when a Christian decides to follow Jesus, the, the, the word that's used is one of actually stopping, turning, and walking in the other direction. So if someone is actually receiving your forgiveness, 
They don't just receive it and then get back on to actually doing things that would cause you to need to forgive them again. Reconciliation requires change. But forgiveness, forgiveness is something that we offer freely. With an understanding that it's not just a case of being a doormat. But I want to own right here. There is a reason this is uncomfortable. Forgiving someone may be one of the hardest things you ever do. And you may not be ready right now to do that. My encouragement to you is to to maybe think about and consider again, what might one little step towards forgiveness be? You might sit there and go, I just can't. Okay, I want to recognize that there are some times and there are some things that happen in our lives where the wound that is caused is just so great. To recognize that the truth of the gospel and the truth of the message of Jesus, recognize where you are sitting. What's one step you could take towards forgiveness? And here's the reason why. Here's the, the, basically the premise of the whole thing. Forgiveness, when you can actually forgive, when you can actually let go of the thing that is causing division between people, forgiveness brings peace to the forgiver. That forgiveness actually at the heart of it will bring you peace. When you no longer have to hold this against that person, when, when you no longer have to keep living out the story of what happened in the past, when, when you no longer have to actually wrestle with and hold the stress and the tension and the worry that comes from thinking about, am I going to see that person? Is this going to happen? Is what going on in that place? It can actually bring you relational peace as well as offering peace to the forgiven. They may not take it. They may not act on it. You can't make them do anything. But you, like Jesus, are saying, come, here's the offer. Not because you've earned it, not because you've deserved it. You actually haven't. And that's the model of the cross, and that's the model of Jesus. And it's not a model that culture sits well with but it is the message of Jesus. Forgiveness brings peace to the forgiver as well as offering peace to the forgiven. While you withhold that forgiveness, it's always like this stone that's constantly dragging behind you. It's this weight that is just always there. So this Christmas, here's the first question. Uh, The first place to start is right at the beginning and just recognize Is there someone or someones, maybe there's more, is there someone that you need to forgive? And maybe that's the only step you're ready to do this Christmas. Maybe that's the only step you're willing to do this year. Even just name it, even recognize it. Maybe it's someone that you've been been trying to push it away and you've been trying to push it down. God wants you to actually receive peace in those areas of tension and conflict and lack of forgiveness in your life. Is there someone that you need to forgive? Uh, how, how can you show undeserved mercy to them? Uh, you might think uh, undeserved mercy might even just be thinking about their name. But that actually might actually be 
a step in that direction. It's undeserved. It's not because they've earned it. Who do you need to get support from to be able to do this? Maybe you need to actually sit down with a friend and say for the first time, hey, here are some things that I've been thinking about. Here's what's going on. I really want to forgive this person. But maybe you need to see a counsellor. Maybe you need to have a coffee. I'm happy to come and have a chat. I'm happy to come and sit down and listen to your story and walk with you around forgiveness. What do you need to let go of? What are the things, those, those rocks that don't need to go into next year? You need to be able to come to this Christmas and actually be able to just embrace it for what it is. Remembering the story of Christ. The gospel teaches us we are to forgive. That as we forgive others, Christ forgives us. Not necessarily reconciled, not necessarily everything else, because that has to come from the other party. And they have to be willing to change and they have to be willing to look at things differently. We just have to choose to forgive. And maybe this Christmas, this can be the Christmas that you let go of those things that you've been carrying. So that this Christmas can be a Christmas of joy and and not yet another year where you go, it's Christmas. All right. We can do this. So that you can find the hope that the message of Jesus brings. If you need help with that, please come and see me. I'd love to have a chat. I'd love to walk with you and help you uh, press into that space. It brings relational peace. And it brings peace to your souls. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for Christmas. There are good aspects and there are challenging aspects. I want to pray for each person here. For those of us who might have someone who we need to forgive, whether it's for a small thing or for a large thing, I pray that you would give us the courage to take the first step. Father, we we do thank you that your forgiveness of us, that you, you made a way for us to be forgiven, even before we were a twinkle in our parents' eyes. And that you offer that free gift of grace. May we recognize the fullness of what we've done in our lives and just how rich the grace is that you've offered us. And Lord, may that be an inspiration to help us to forgive others. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.